Welcome back to the Love Your 9 to 5 show, episode number 13. Caution, you will begin to love your 9 to 5 with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this next episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. I'm really excited to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is the founder of LeadX.org, the LeadX podcast, and has the mission to spark 100 million leaders. Uh, today's, today's guest is a New York Times best-selling author who has written the book 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management and Employee Engagement 2.0, which I would recommend both of those and put both of those links in the show notes. Today's guest is Kevin Cruz from Pennsylvania. Thank you, Kevin, for coming on the show today. Oh, thanks for the invitations. It's going to be fun to talk to you. Yes, um, it definitely will be. And I will have to say um, that I've benefited greatly from both of those books, so I highly recommend our listeners to go out and and uh, take advantage of the links that we'll see in the show notes. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so... Jumping right into it, I know as you say that we only have 1,440 minutes in every day, so we want to cut straight to the chase, and if you don't mind, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background, and how you um, evolved into the space of leadership development. Yeah, I, you know, the, the, the reason why leadership is so important to me, I use a, a broad term, you know, I, I often will say on my own show that we are all leaders because if you boil it down, leadership is about influence. And we need to realize that, you know, if we're at work sitting in a meeting and the boss is coming up with some crazy idea, we can speak up and support that idea or speak up and and uh, uh, argue against it. Um, or we can stay silent. Uh, but even when we stay silent, we're still influencing those around us. You know, if we're silent in a boardroom, uh, a meeting room, that's going to be viewed as consent to whatever the group is is doing. If uh, you know our our uh, teenagers are silent in the face of bullying, then there's going to be more bullying. So mm -hmm. whether we take action or not, speak up or not, uh, we are influencing. We are leading those around us. Just are we leading in a positive way or a negative way? So I think leadership is like one of these secrets to you know uh, happiness and and having a successful life. And personally, I mean I. Uh, benefited from some self-leadership when I was a teenager, when, when my sisters were runaways, drug users, getting brought home by the cops and stuff like that. You know, I was a straight-A student and reading Think and Grow Rich and other books like oh, wow. that. Um, you know, my first couple of companies failed miserably. I went bankrupt, and I realized it's because at the time, while I had self-leadership, I also thought I was the smartest guy in the room and wasn't playing nice with other people. So, once I learned how to lead other people, uh, my businesses took off. And the more I just focused on leadership and the less I focused on the business, the better the businesses would do. And then, you know, unfortunately, you know, I had a, a business do great and a marriage break up. And I realized that while I had mastered self-leadership and leadership at work, I didn't realize that I wasn't leading at home. I wasn't being a leader in my own relationships, in my own marriage. Wow. So, you know, whether it's on a personal level or a professional level, I just have seen this power of intentional leadership and, uh, you know, writing books and speaking, those are some ways that I try to, to spread the, spread the truth. 
But with LeadX, you know, we offer a free leadership course every single day because that's how I think, you know, no matter who you are, where you are in the world, and even if you don't have any money, if you got internet access on your phone, then you're then you'll be able to develop, you know, uh, your leadership and management and other other skills. Okay. Well, well, that's quite a, a full answer to the question. Um, I will say that, you know, the Leadix show, of course, we'll put links to that as well. Um, but I've personally, um, you know, grown from that. And my staff has, whether they like it or not, they were forced to grow with it. <laughs> because, you know, I, I sit in the car for an hour by the time I get in and it would start my morning meeting you know they, they're like okay what well, what was it this morning and i gotta share <laughs> what's with the them. challenge of the day yeah what's the challenge <laughs> of the day let's get a little bit better each day right. um you really that really leads into my next question because we're used to the concept of leadership we see that as a ceo of an organization a founder of a big company um a someone speaking in front of a big audience or something like that. And those are the people that we see naturally as leaders. And of course, those people are leaders. But I know that you mentioned the concept of self-leadership. And more specifically, for an employee who's working in a job or a field where they're, they feel somewhat successful, but they know that there's more within them that is not being expressed. And they're trying to lead themselves onto the path of of using their own unique uh, skills and talents, and they don't find that you know that it's in sync with their current work setting. There are, are there any suggestions of kind of finding ways to lead ourselves back or lead ourselves out of that and into this on fire type of performance um, through better self leadership? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you, I think you sort of answered it in in the question, and that you know you you've got. Uh, two choices. You know, you can, uh, well, you've really got three choices. I would say, I think it's common for, for a lot of people to feel like, you know, I'm doing well in my career, but I, I'm, I'm not still living to my full potential and I'm not using these other skills and interests, you know, that I have. And so, you know, one answer is we'll just, you know, stay, stay in that, uh, that job, that career path for your whole life, you know, until you retire um, and look for ways to try to use those you know, skills and talents and interests on the job. You know, maybe someone's dream is to be, uh, you know, a famous keynote speaker, the next Tony Robbins or something. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they don't want to try to do that on their own. Okay, well then look for opportunities. You know, to maybe you go into the corporate training department. Maybe you volunteer to lead things. So you get some of that platform skill stuff, you know, at work. I think another, this day, it's easier than ever before to kind of have a side hustle. So you, for whatever reason, maybe you can't quit your job and take that leap, but you work your 40 or 50 hours in the day job, the main job, and then you try to, you know, fit in your passion into your side, side business, side interests. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, have to leave for work at 7 a.m. So they get up at 5 a.m. because they're working on, you know, their, their book, their novel. Uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, work until and get home at eight o'clock at night. But then they're up until midnight working on their, you know, Amazon store, eBay store or something, something like that. So I think the side hustle is another way. And then, of course, the third way is to just make a plan uh, to take that leap. And, you know, I've had several different companies now, uh, some of which have failed miserably. Thankfully, several have done very, very well. But all of them I've started when I was employed doing something else. Wow. And for, for me, 
I would just work those, you know, weekends and nights or whatever to get it going. And generally when, uh, it was, it was bringing in anywhere from like half, half of my full, full-time pay to a little bit more than that, then that would be the time where I would say, all right, I'm ready to now like step away from the last thing and step into uh, the new thing. It was a way for me to sort of hedge my bet, you know, and, and to take some of the risk off the table. Um, I had the benefit of, you know, starting my companies before I was early companies before I was married or had kids or a mortgage Mm -hmm. and I didn't care. Like as long as I could, you know, put food in my mouth to survive, like I really didn't care about anything else. Uh But I now, now that I'm 50 years old with a couple mortgages and three kids, I would see, I can, I can empathize with those who say, you know, what happens if I burn through, you know, my savings or this doesn't work out now I've been you know, off the career ladder. It, it is tough as you have other obligations to other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that, you know, what you mentioned about doing the side hustle, you know, on the side with something which maybe appeals, you know, to your talents better than what you're doing currently at work. When you did do that, did you find that it was hindering your performance during the day or was it neutral? No, I think... Yeah, no, I think it enhances it. And in fact, you know, I've been an employer of hundreds of people in, you know, half a dozen different companies. Uh, and I always tell the new hires, I tell people whether they work for me or not, you know, I, I don't believe in, you know, those clauses in the contracts about, you know, not, you, you know, no moonlighting, as they would say. Right. I want them to have other pursuits because they're going to be happier, they're going to be more engaged, and they're going to learn new skills. So um, what happens you if know, you lose I, them? If uh, fine, I, I congratulate them. Maybe I'll be a customer of theirs. <laughs> Maybe they'll refer me. I mean, I, you know, I don't expect that I'm going to keep, um, I mean, I have an incredible track record of keeping great talent for a long time, but I don't expect that, uh, that people will stay with me forever. I mean, life is short. So if I can help people to pursue their dream, I, I'm going to do it. If I can I help them set up, if I can assist them in leaving me, so they could go do what they've truly meant to do. I think karma comes around. It's good for them. They'll remember me. Um, I can attract great talent knowing, you know, the people come in and I say, listen, what's your dream? Here's my dream. Can we get enough of an overlap to make this work for one, three, 10 years? Um, and I think I get maybe better talent. Maybe people stay longer with me because they know they can moonlight, not have to hide their website or be afraid the boss is going to stumble on their podcast or something like that. <laughs> so, um, no, I think it's, I think it's worked out. I think it's always worked out. Well, that's, I, I knew that's how you felt. I just wanted everyone else to hear you say that. Yeah. Um, but what I do want to point out though, is that what type of effect does that have on the organization as a whole? I mean, I've been in organizations as an employee, um, even if a high level employee, but still an employee where the the my bosses on top of me are always looking over their shoulder and making sure that everyone is kind of locked in almost like a jail mentality that this is where you are and how dare you think of leaving and if you actually do leave that was terrible that you left but um if it's if you're creating an environment and a culture of growth and an uh, environment of mutual benefit and they they know they know I can trust you right because they know that you will help them you know move on somewhere else if it's in everyone's best interest, then while they're there, I'm sure the performance is that much better. 
Yeah, you, you said it best right there. You know, the growth is key. So if if I'm if there's an organization where there's not a lot of growth of the organization, there's not a lot of movement and investment in the people, well, you should, you know, people are gonna leave an organization like that. And and that's not a great culture for keeping great talent. But it ironically, you will keep people longer and the best people longer if you have that open culture where there's growth and sharing and and you know, if there are certain areas they can't get growth in at work but they're able to do it, you know, at night or on the weekends, they're going to stay with you longer. Absolutely. I know that when we run into challenges, um, currently, you know, with, with my employees in the healthcare uh, field, sometimes I'll tell them, so what, why don't you start a company to fix that? And they're like, right. me start a company? Like, <laughs> that, uh, that's not me. I don't do that. I'm a nine to five person. I punch a clock or I'm salaried. That's only for the other guys out there. And just kind of broadening people's horizons for me is very enjoyable. Um, and just kind of, you know, thinking along those terms, it, it also, it takes us out of that, our little box that we sign up to sometimes, you know, when we start our careers that we can, I will promise to sit in this job until death do us depart. You know, it's, there's a whole world out there and that completely changes the environment in, you know, in the workplace. That's right. That's right. So thank you for sharing that. Um, if you don't mind, if, is there a particular event uh, that occurred? I think you asked this to your guests as well, um, that, that you would define as a low point in your career. And is there something that you may have learned from there that you can share with our listeners so that perhaps they can learn from there without having to go through what you went through? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I've had a lot of of low points, I guess. I mean, so you know, one that jumps out is is my very first company that went out of business, and um, you know, I had a dream to be an entrepreneur from uh, a, a pretty young age. I was 12 years old, and I saw my father's company went out of business that he owned, and there was this really scary bill collector that you know came to the house, and, and we ended up losing everything, had to move. And, you know, so I was 12 years old and I'm like, I, I am going to have a lot of money when I grow up. And it wasn't about cars and houses. It was about making sure the scary bill collector wasn't going to be chasing me out of my home. Uh. So I graduate, you know, I was first kid in my family to, you know, I worked my way through, uh, through Rutgers College, graduated and immediately started a company. I had no idea what I was doing. And, you know, this was back in 1989, long time ago, and the personal computer uh, uh, revolution was really just starting and, you know, I, I traveled out to a big conference and was just 10 feet away from, you know, uh, Bill Gates and Michael Dell and Steve Jobs. And, and it just seemed like, how could you not be successful? Now, I had no money. So I, um, <laughs> I had one credit card. And so what I did was I subleased one little room, 10 by 10 foot room from an accounting firm. I literally knocked on all the doors in an office park saying, you got an extra room that you want to rent out? Got an extra room you want to rent out? And I found someone that, that rented it. And so I would um, sleep underneath the desk because I couldn't afford an apartment and an office. And oh I would gosh. get up at five o'clock in the morning before all the accountants came in and I would leave and I would drive to the, the YMCA in town and I would take a shower. And then I would... Um, everything I owned was in the back of my little car, basically clothes, a box of clothes. So I would dress and then show up for work as if I was like showing up bright and early the next day. Meanwhile, I'd just been gone for an hour, taking a shower and getting dressed. And, um, and I did that for literally for a year, you know, every, every Saturday, Sunday, holiday, my birthday, you know, it, for 365 straight days, I would work till midnight or later, get up at five, go shower and do it again. And, um, 
at, you know, when I started, I literally thought I was going to be like writing this revolution. I'm going to be the next, you know, Bill Gates or something. And after a year of now having maxed out my one and only credit card, you know, had, had no money in the bank, was not making any money, didn't know what I was doing. I dropped down to like 130 pounds because I was basically eating one meal a day. I would go to like the all you can eat. Uh, Asian buffet to try to stock up on food. You know, I wow. just ga- I had to stop and, um, and, and I didn't have to officially file like a bank. I didn't owe anybody money, but I was out of money. And, um, you know, that was my first big attempt at entrepreneurship and it failed miserably. You know, it left me 12 months later with, you know, debt and, on the credit card and, and all, all the rest. Cool. And, uh, felt, felt like a failure. You know, everybody, when you start your own business tells you, how stupid you are and and you should just go to medical school or law school or something like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. And so, you know, you've, you've got to face all of that. And, um, you know, I, but I, for myself at the time, I was so committed to my, my goals of, of, you know, financial independence and owning my own business. Well, what was the business? If you don't mind my asking. Yeah, it was, um, well, that was part of the problem is it it certainly uh, pivoted, far too often and, you know, far too quickly. Um, it was called advanced software products. And, uh, I, and a partner, we were started, we started out and we were programming computer games and then we were even got into the hardware business. And then when that didn't work, we tried to uh, become a, you know, like, a uh, what they call a value added reseller, a VAR. So then, you know, law firms would call us in and, we would sell them the computers and the software and the training to like run their law firm. All of these things were big growth areas. We just didn't know what we were doing. And, um, <laughs> so failed at each thing we, we tried, but they all sound like good products and services. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It wasn't, the market wasn't the problem. I was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in hindsight, in 2020 hindsight, well, what what do you pull out of that story? I mean, that's a great yeah, well, story. I, I think, I, yeah, I think there's two ways to um, uh, to look at it. You know, one is with with a long time 2020 hindsight. It's like, look, you know, that doesn't even matter. That was 30 years ago, and you can start you could start and fail over and over. Again. The, the company I started after this one failed also. It took me my third one. So that whole cheesy saying about you know you just can't quit. Like there is no failure if you don't quit. There is some truth to it, you know. <laughs> you well, can just keep doing it over and over again, and and that's that's what I did until uh, until I won, you know, a couple of times. Um, but you know, looking back at like why did it fail, there was also lessons in that, which for me was a, again a, a lack of understanding about just leadership and being a leader of people. Like I wanted to do it all myself. Uh, you know, I thought I was the smartest guy in the room all the time. You know, I, I didn't want any partners or advisors. And, and, you know, when you're, when you're literally a 22 year old kid, that's a really stupid position to, uh, to take. So, you know, not, not trying to do it all yourself is one. And then, you know, I was actually working so, so many hours and getting so little sleep and no, you know, exercise or good food or anything that I'm sure that like cognitively I was impaired. Like how good of a salesperson could I have been when I was on four or five hours sleep for a year, you know, how good of a, of a strategic thinker could I have been, you know, mm-hmm. like it just wasn't right. And, wow. but I, again, I was so young and dumb. I just didn't, didn't understand. Wow. It sounds like you kind of did everything that your book says not to do. And that's kind of how, <laughs> you know, where all the content came from. 
There you go. Yep. Yep. It sounds like, you know, don't do this, uh, which, which is, uh, which is good to do that at 22 and not at 42 or 52. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I learned some of the hardest lessons early. Yeah. So, so then you can move on from there. Well, that is an absolutely phenomenal story. That's not what I expected. And that is, is uh, very encouraging for anyone else listening who's in, in any situation, even if it's not as extreme as uh, living under your desk and sneaking out and coming back in. I still can't get over that. <laughs> you manage right, that. Right. And no one, no, one, uh, no one caught on to that for a full year. Yeah, there was one time where I walked out and the uh, the owner uh, was walking in and it had snowed. And so my car was covered in snow because it Oops. was parked there overnight. So I think she probably knew, but you know, I wasn't causing any trouble. And maybe she thought I was only pulling an all-nighter that night. Right. But uh, yeah, she never brought it up. Wow, wow. Well, really, thank you for uh, for sharing that. And um yeah, and again, by 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 looking back at at where you've been, and you know, and you know, you have your fair share of successes after that. And I would, you know, not knowing that story about you, but knowing, you know, a lot of the material that you do share, um, you know, we could, failures are opportunities. You know, a lot of times, you know, the our worst failures sometimes can be our sources of our greatest successes because. You can only learn so much from someone else's mistakes, but your mistakes are invaluable, as painful as they are when they happen. Yeah, if you do them right, they're just stepping stones to greater things. And uh, and 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 I think you you bring up a good point. Like it never stops, right? Like we, if you want to continue to grow and learn and do great things, then failure is going to be part of that. And that's where, like, even the word failure, especially to entrepreneurs, it, it almost doesn't compute. Like it doesn't like what is failure just yeah. means, okay, I, I tried something, it didn't work out. I'm going to try this other thing. And, you know, I think scientists just call that an experiment. Right. So you know, we're just experimenting our way to, uh, to better, to better out. success. Yeah. I've heard from entrepreneurs saying, I think this may have come from Pat Flynn where he said, you know, in every business experiment, either you succeed or you learn. Right. That's so, right. So, the, you know, failure, it's not failure if you learn from it. It was failure in your original intention and that project may not have worked out, but you became that much smarter as a result. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all the information that you did share, especially uh, what you said today about leadership and specifically about self-leadership. Um, I think that that is something that in today's uh, in today's professional world, sometimes we, you know, we lose sight of that and we kind of all feel like we're cogs in a machine, even if you're cogs on a, on a higher level, but that self leadership, you know, no one's going to do it for you by definition of, of leadership. That's and right. just, just knowing that, you know, we, we can influence the direction that we're going and we don't have to just, you know, get on the conveyor belt, no matter what, you know, whatever level it's on. So that's very reassuring. Yeah, excellent. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. This has been a great opportunity to to, to chat with you and uh, and your listeners. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Now, if there was one book that you would have to recommend, besides for your own, which I highly recommend, um, <laughs> is there is there any one particular book that you would say that is would be important for someone who's trying to be successful, specifically with self leadership and understanding who they are and the direction that they should be focusing their attention and their energy. Uh, you know, I don't know about a 
books on discovering who they should be. I mean, I think in that sort of genre, though, I mean, Brene Brown's work, especially Daring Greatly, uh, definitely changed my life and uh, shows us a lot about, you know, our own fears and insecurities and limiting beliefs and how by, you know, taking some risk and sharing the real us, including the flaws, you know, that's actually a, a superpower leading to success. So I think Brene Brown's work is, is pretty important. Okay. I'm not familiar with it, but I will definitely put a link to it in the show notes as I will with everything else that we mentioned. Um, and I'm definitely going to read it. Um, last, before we let you go, Kevin, if you can, uh, if someone wants to get in touch with you or follow some of the tremendous work that you are doing, what is the best way for them to know everything about you? Not everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, say they could come for dinner and, and dessert. We could start there. No, I, I think the easiest thing is, again, you know, the, um, uh, you know, my podcast is the Lead X Show, L E A D X, Lead X Show with Kevin Cruz um, and leadx.org. You know, I answer all emails. So I'm just Kevin at leadx.org. And you can find me on literally every social media channel from Snapchat and Instagram to Facebook. Um, I'm at Kevin Author on those uh, platforms. And you have the same username in all of them. Yes. Cool. That is cool. <laughs> that, that definitely simplifies it. Okay, well, we'll definitely put all that information um, in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, we've had tremendous value and a lot of uh, and everything that actually that was mentioned. Um, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that story. Um, that, that kind of, you know, I think for me that personally that's very encouraging and I'm sure our listeners will agree with that as well. And the lessons, you know, that we learned from that story are really immense. So thank you very much for your time again. And uh, we look forward to talking to you another time. Excellent. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks.